Welcome to the first part of a series we're calling Forgotten Virtues. You know, there was a day when a handshake and a promise and somebody looked you in the eye and they told you they were going to do something, you knew they were going to do it. But somehow our world has gotten to where one of the virtues that seems to have been forgotten is integrity. Because right now, if you just do a quick search, you could see that frivolous lawsuits, all-time high. I mean, more people suing other people for ridiculous reasons than ever before. We actually live in a culture that it's, it's pretty easy to lie and somewhat acceptable to not be honest and tell the truth. It's pretty easy to just do the wrong thing. And it's, for the most part, accepted. So how do we get to where, how did we get to where lack of integrity seems to be the norm instead of the exception, like it was in Bud's day? It's not anything to look at the TV or read the newspaper or check some news online and find that there's another crooked politician. One that acted one way in public, but it's another way behind closed doors. Or an athlete who's held up as a role model to kids that, that this is the way you should be. And then you find out later, well, they're not living the way they act like they're living at all. Or even, unfortunately, religious leaders who teach God's word and act one way in public or on stage. And then when they're off stage or behind closed doors, they have a whole secret double life that nobody knows about. Lack of integrity is at an all-time high. Integrity is a forgotten virtue that we need to kind of re-look at and remember what integrity really is. If you look in Webster's, there's one definition of integrity. Well, there's like three or four definitions of integrity. But for the sake of this message, if you're taking notes, here's the definition of integrity that we're using. Integrity is when your behavior matches your beliefs. It's, it's doing what is right because it's right. See, we face choices all the time. Are we going to do what we believe? Are we going to do what's right, what we know is right? Or are we going to do something different on the outside? And when those two don't match up, what we believe on the inside, what we do on the outside, when those don't match up, we have a lack of integrity. I just dealt with it a few days ago. Taking my daughters to school, my oldest daughter, take a dropper off at at high school and then I got to make this left turn on the Spring Forest Road and take my youngest daughter to middle school and it's it's carpool does it drive anybody else crazy it's like could they not figure out a faster way to do this and so I figured out some fast ways to do it and one is when I drop the oldest daughter off if I make a left turn on the Spring Forest Road it's a pretty quick little ride over to the middle school the only problem is there's a big sign there that says no left turn and so I come out, this was just a few days ago, I come out and, and Abby is in, in the front seat and, and I see the sign and I make the left and she's like, Daddy, that sign said no left turn. I'm like, you're 12 years old, okay? I'm driving, I, I know what can create optimum time usage here. And I was like, I know, honey, but I, it really is faster. She said, but the sign still said don't turn left. Yeah, but if you turn right, you got to go whip around that neighborhood. It takes forever. But daddy, the sign said, don't turn left. And I said, Abby, guess what I'm talking about? This was week be- Sunday before last. I said, guess what I'm talking about this Sunday? 
She said, what? I said, integrity. What's integrity? I said, well, that's what you just had and I didn't. <laughs> so I explained to her what integrity is and that I was going to be talking about it. And I do believe it's wrong to disobey traffic signals, but I did it anyway in front of a child that's going to be driving in a few years. And what was I thinking? But that's what lack of integrity is, is when you don't do what you know to be right. See, integrity is based on beliefs. So if you have a belief crisis where you don't know the difference between right and wrong, and everything's gray, and there's no longer clear lines, and there's no one standard that everybody adheres to, when you have a belief crisis, you're automatically going to have an integrity crisis. And that's what we deal with every single day. The Bible talks a lot about this thing, integrity. There's some Bibles coming up and down the aisles right now. If you're an usher, you're rushing back there to get a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. The ushers will give you one. It's yours to keep. You can read along in there, or you can follow along as the, on the screen as I read uh, some scriptures today that deal with integrity. Integrity is more than, than just not telling a little white lie. Like, well, okay, I mean, telling a little white lie is not good, but it, it goes much deeper than that. It's not just when you, you know when you go up to the counter and your kid is like 12, but the kid's meal price is at 10 and they're short, so you're like, got to get a kid's meal. And you don't say your kid's really 12. You're hoping they don't realize it. Anybody else ever do that? The integrity goes much deeper than that, much deeper than when you call up to get a hotel and they ask if you have AAA. And even though you don't, you say yes because they don't check and they'll give you the discount. So you just say yes. Integrity goes much deeper than those little things that are that we call little white lies. Integrity goes deep down inside and, and needs to come from the beliefs that we hold. So if we're going to work on integrity, we've got to first start working on, well, what do I believe? What, deep down inside, what do I really believe? See, in a message like this, when you're taking notes, you're probably thinking like I was thinking when I was putting this message together, I know people who need to hear this. I know some people who don't have integrity, and they need to hear this. And in this whole series, the topics that we're dealing with, you're going to be tempted to think about the people that aren't here who need to hear it. The people you know that don't have integrity. Man, I wish this woman at work, she could hear this. Oh, my neighbor, gosh, my husband, my wife, my brother, my sister, somebody. I wish they could be in here. This is not for them. Today's message is not for the person that's not here. It's for you. And it's not to make us feel guilty or beat up on us to say we don't have integrity, but it's to convict us when we don't live what we believe because we're faced with those choices all the time. Should I turn left even though it says don't turn left and things much, much deeper than that. See, integrity is not being perfect and living without mistakes. It's not because we all make mistakes. We all goof up. I'll say that again if you're taking notes. Integrity is not being perfect and living without mistakes. Here's what Scripture says about integrity in Proverbs 11. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. So if you've ever known someone who lived a double life, and it eventually, like it always does, comes out, their life's destroyed. But someone who operates with integrity, it says it guides them. That means deep down inside, there's a guiding system. There's a beacon. There's something that says this is right and this is wrong. And then when they make a decision, 
It's based on what they know to be true and know to be right. Absolutes. People have dealt with this decision to do what's right or wrong since people have been on the earth. You can read about this guy in the Old Testament. His name is David. He later became known as King David. And David, before he was king, you can read about this story I'm going to tell in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 24. But David was a really talented and good-looking guy. So that made people not like him. He's got all this talent. He's a great musician. And all the women think he's hot. It's just like not fair, right? So the king at that time, his name was Saul. And Saul was very jealous because people loved David. He was easy to get along with. He was all those things that you ever hoped a guy could be. And the king got so upset with David. One day he threw his spear at him and David narrowly escaped getting speared by the king. And from then on, he was on the run from King Saul because King Saul wanted to kill him because he was jealous. So David takes some of his men and they go out into the desert. And if you think of the geography of the Middle East, it's, it's rocky, it's hot, it's, it's dirty. There's not a lot of grass, not a lot of green. So there they are out in the desert and David's hiding in this cave trying to figure out what am I going to do? King Saul is after me. King Saul takes a few thousand of his men out to find David so he can kill him. And like anybody on a trip, King Saul's on this trip and he gets into the trip and he realizes, I've got to go to the bathroom. Now, this is really what, I'm paraphrasing it, but this is what the story says in 1 Samuel 24. So King Saul tells his men, hold up, stop the caravan, got to go potty. So there, they didn't have, uh, you know, a McDonald's or a rest stop or anything like that. Guess what you had? A cave. You had a cave. So guys, I'm going up in the cave. They all knew what it was going to do. It actually says in Scripture, he was going up there to relieve himself. Now, with all the hundreds and thousands of caves in that area of the world, he's out looking for David. He goes into this cave to relieve himself. And guess who's hiding in the same cave from Saul? David. I mean, only could this happen by God's design and God's providence. So here is Saul in a very vulnerable position, taking care of his business. And David is in the same cave. Now, David's men start to say, perfect time to kill him. God said you were anointed as king and you were going to be king and he was going to give the kingdom into your hands. So there it is. If you kill Saul, you're king like that. And David actually thinks about it. He goes towards him, sneaking up behind him, and he ends up not killing him. He just cuts off a piece of his robe and he fades back into the darkness. And you can just imagine all the things going through David's head. It's like, well, I can't, if I kill him... And I become king because I killed the, the, the current king while he was using the bathrooms. The history books just wouldn't look good with that. Like, it's just not the way I want to become king, you know. And then it's written, and David became king because Saul had to go to the bathroom. And David happened to be in the cave, and he killed him while he was going to the restroom. That's just not a very honorable way to become king. And in addition to that, David had to be thinking, God said don't murder. God said don't murder people. And here I am. He's using the bathroom. I've got a knife. I'm not, I can't do it. And the story actually says David was so conscience stricken that when when the king left the cave, he came out behind him and he said, I was going to kill you, but I couldn't do it. And the two make up and the story, just read the story. The story gets even better after that because David made the right choice. He had right in front of him the choice. 
Do I do the wrong thing or the right thing? He operated with integrity. But just like many of us who can think of victories where we chose integrity, later on when David became king, he was in another situation where he did not choose integrity. He was standing on his rooftop one day, and you can read about this in 2 Samuel chapter 11. Standing on his rooftop, and he looked over, and here's this beautiful woman taking a bath where they would have taken baths. He would have known that. She's on the rooftop taking a bath. He looks, he likes, and he invites her over. And they end up sleeping together. She gets pregnant. He tries to get her husband killed. Who Her husband was one of his highest-ranking military officials, and he finally get finally the guy died gets killed but it's all because of david's lies and he didn't operate with integrity david had a choice when he's standing on that rooftop do i keep looking and invite her over or do i walk back away from the edge of my house where i can't see what i'm not supposed to be looking at see deep inside he knew just as strongly as he knew god doesn't want me to murder someone He knew God does not want me to sleep with someone who's not my wife. But he did it anyway. And we face choices every single day. It may not be to those dramatic limits that David was at. But we face choices every day. Should I I exaggerate and make myself look better than I actually am? Should I lie and change some numbers just just so that it looks better on me? Should I tell a story that casts me in a better light just because I want people to like me more? Should I flirt with this person because they're really nice looking? That's not going to be anything but a little flirt. Should I do that? See, we face those types of choices all the time. Should I obey this traffic signal or not? Should I betray this friend or not? Choice after choice of should I do what I know to be right or not? Those are integrity choices. Now, there are consequences that come when you don't obey and you don't listen to that guiding beacon inside of you. It's not always easy to make the right choice. But yet, if we're going to live with integrity, we must make the right choice. When I was younger, I was really good at not making the right choice. I was good at something, and that was making the bad choice. When I was just 9 or 10 years old, my parents got my first BB slash pellet gun. This was back in the day when you had to pump it up. You didn't have those CO2 cartridges to stick in there like now. But I had to pump that thing up. And like 10 pumps, it would kill. Like, I don't know, kill a deer, probably not. But it would kill stuff. And my parents give this to me. I get handed the, the BB pellet gun, and I get a list of rules. Number one, don't shoot windows. And my dad made it very clear. A BB makes a very distinct imprint in a window. And if I see it, I'm going to know you did it. So I'm out telling my friends, don't you shoot a window. I'm going to get the blame for it. So don't shoot windows. Don't shoot people. Not good, son. Don't shoot people with your BB gun. Second rule. Third rule, don't shoot your sister's cats. Man, I had plans for this BB gun. Fourth rule, don't shoot animals. Don't shoot things. Don't shoot birds. Don't shoot dogs. Don't do that. The first few days I had this gun. I'm out. I lived in the country. And there's this bird singing on this weed. And I was like, I'm going to kill it. Stand up there with the BB gun. Pow. Shoot it. And the poor little bird. That's only second. That was the first time in my life I killed something. Second time was this past summer. That's a whole other story. So 
I was forced. I'll tell you the story later if you want to know it. So I killed this bird, and, and this, this is true. This is not just a story. I was so conscience-stricken that I gave my gun back, never to have a BB gun again. That was it. Never had another one. Because I made a choice against what I knew to be right. And there are probably people in this audience that every day you're faced with a choice and you're walking down a path that's against what you know to be right and you're dangerously on the, clo- on the rooftop looking and doing things you shouldn't be doing and going against integrity. And if that's you, and we're all going to be faced with that choice eventually, but if you're right in the middle of that, listen to some of the benefits. Before you make the choice to not have integrity, Listen to some of the benefits of having integrity. This is what King David said. Because he made the right choice once and the wrong choice another time. Listen to what he said. Psalm 15. Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? He whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart, and who has no slander on his tongue, who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man, who despises a vile man but honors those who fear the Lord who keeps his oath even when it hurts, who lends his money without usury and does not accept a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. So David is saying, if you want the solid life of integrity, here are some things that you can do where you won't be shaken. When you have to make a decision between right and wrong, you won't be shaken. Just do what is right. So from this passage there are several benefits we can take out and say these are these are big benefits of living a life with integrity the first one is you can walk closely with god now god loves you no matter what you've done no matter where you are in life but what you do your integrity can negatively affect your relationship with him your your intimacy and that spiritual closeness you can experience with God cannot be experienced the way he wants it experienced if you're not living a life of integrity. When you live a life of integrity, you you also have this built-in guide. That's a big benefit. You know what the difference is between right and wrong. You don't have to ask yourself every time, should I do this or should I not? David knew that it was wrong to be on the rooftop watching a woman take a bath that wasn't his wife, fine if he's watching his wife take a bath, this strange woman's married to somebody else, don't watch her take a bath. He didn't have to go, hmm, would God want me to do that or not? You think God would be okay with that? He didn't have to answer that question. He knew. He knew that it was wrong. He did it anyway, and it led to the next step and the next step that totally, totally messed up his his rule, his integrity, his reign. And he got it all back, just like you can if you've messed up. But when you live with integrity, you have this this guiding beacon inside of you that knows, you know what, sometimes when everybody's gone from the house, I look at things on the computer I shouldn't look at, so how about when I'm all alone, I just don't get on the computer? How about after everybody goes to bed, I don't get up and get back on, start looking at things? How about I don't go to the end of the hallway where the person is I'm tempted to flirt with, make myself look good in front of? How about I don't get around the people who really make me want to tell lies about myself and look better than I actually am? When you have integrity, you have this built-in guide. Listen to it. 
Also, when you have integrity, great benefit is it gives a lot of peace in your heart. Constant peace in your heart. If you live a lie, you've got to have a great memory. If you're a liar, memory's got to be sharp. I learned this when I was a teenager because I lied to my parents all the time. But they were smarter, and they get smarter as I got older. I don't know how that happened. But they, they, they would ask me later about a lie I'd told earlier. Well, I didn't remember what I said because it was a lie. So they would say, son, what was it you said about when you were here? And I was like, well, whatever I said. No, you said this, and, and now what happened after that? And I'm, in my mind, I'm going, oh my gosh, what lie did I tell? Which one was it? And I'm having to sift through all these things and because I'd lied. So my heart was just in turmoil because I'd told a lie, and they had asked me about it. I found out pretty early that it's easier, even if you've messed up, just go ahead and tell the truth. Because you don't have to remember anything then. You just, well, that's what happened. And I told you it was the truth, whether I got in trouble or not. There's something about inside of every human, when, when you're engaged in something immoral or even illegal, you want to be found out because you know you're living a lie. You, you can see story after story of criminals who set it up so they got caught. And you've probably heard them say, I was just tired of living a lie. I was just tired of concealing all this and hiding all this stuff in my life. I just want some peace. I know people who were messed up morally and doing things they never thought they would do and I never thought they would do. And, and they're so messed up and they set it up so they would get caught. And when I said, why? This seemed pretty stupid. Why'd you, why'd you do this? Because I wanted to have some peace. When we live lives of integrity, that's a peaceful life. Now, there's consequences to our actions, but when you just tell the truth, it brings peace into our life. So when we live with integrity, life can be peaceful. See, I know people, and I've done this, you lay in bed at night worrying when you've done something you shouldn't do. What if somebody finds out? What if, what if I can remember as a younger kid, just, oh my gosh, what if, what if mom and dad find out? What if, what if this person finds out and I did this? And, I, and you were, I don't know anybody that lays awake at night thinking, man, I did something great. What if they find out? And I was really good to this person and I, and I, I gave them something or I told the truth. And if they find out I told the truth, I'm sunk. Nobody lays awake at night worrying if someone else finds out you did the right thing. So just do the right thing to start with and life will be filled with so much more peace. With integrity, you gain trust and respect and honor and influence. People with integrity have more influence and honor and respect and trust of other people than those who don't live with integrity. And even if you've lost all those things, you can get them back. I tell our girls all the time, I say, Molly, Abby, if you, if you tell mom and dad the truth, then you will get more freedom than you ever will by lying to us. And if you break my trust and you lie, however old you are now, just double it, girl, because that's how long it's going to be before I trust you again. So it's going to be a long time if you lie and I catch you. And I tell them, you're going to have so much freedom. If you just tell me the truth. Yeah, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to goof up. But, but I want them to tell me the truth and earn that trust. Kids, tell your parents the truth. Start out with the truth. You will gain more trust from them 
than lying and getting found out and losing trust and having to rebuild it. Just tell the truth. Even if it gets you in trouble, you will gain more respect, more honor, more integrity, more trust if you just tell the truth. So integrity is beneficial. And if it's so beneficial, then why have so many people forgotten to live by it? I saw this survey one time that I think it was Time Magazine that asked people, if you could do this, and they would fill in the blank, if you could steal money, if you could have an affair, if you could, you know, if you found a wallet with, you know, thousands of dollars in it, if you could do whatever and not get caught ever, no one would ever know, would you do it? More than half the people said, yes, if I could do something immoral and not get caught, I would do it. That's an integrity crisis. So if you're one of those people who are sitting there today faced with, should I or shouldn't I? If you're standing on a rooftop like David, if you're standing in a dark cave like David thinking, should I or shouldn't I do this thing, write down this question. What is my integrity worth? Is my integrity worth the lie, worth the look, worth the flirt? worth the meeting, worth, is my integrity worth this? Is my integrity worth proving my point? Is my integrity worth making myself look better? Just ask yourself, what's my integrity worth? It can take 10 years to build integrity and actions that take 10 minutes can totally destroy it. When our beliefs match up with our actions, we have integrity. When I talk about integrity, that it stings for some of you because you've blown it, you've messed up, you've not lived what you know to be right. There's good news for you today. You can get it back. It might be a climb. You might have some consequences to deal with, but you can regain your integrity. You can regain it with your friends. You can regain it with your spouse. You can get it back. Listen what Jesus talked about people who didn't have integrity. The opposite of integrity is hypocrisy, acting like you're something you don't intend to be. That actually, hypocrisy carried this idea of like an actor, somebody who acts like something else. And listen what Jesus had to say about hypocrites in Matthew 23. You hypocrites, he said, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, then the outside will also be clean. So if you've messed up and lost your integrity, or you know some big choices are going to be coming your way, and all of us are going to be on the rooftop or in the cave, where we've got to make the choice eventually. Here's two big takeaways you need to write down and take home with you. One thing I need to take away about integrity is, I need to realize that integrity starts on the inside. That's where it integrity's got to start from within because just the external stuff won't last. You might do the right thing, but if you believe the wrong thing, or if your beliefs are all messed up, you're going to think you're living with integrity when you're not. Integrity starts on the inside. And until you get to the inside, you'll never change. So how do I do that? I get into God's Word. We, We provide on our website Many different ways for you to get into God's Word. And if you can't figure it out, come and talk to me. Come and talk to Mark or anybody you see leading up here on stage. Say, hey, how do, what do you recommend? What should I read? How should I get into God's Word? So that, that's not an ambiguous thing. It's something you can do today that helps with your integrity. 
Another thing you hear us talk about small groups all the time, getting in a smaller group community, getting involved with other people who can help hold you accountable will help you deal with what's on the inside. Because Jesus said, first take care of the inside, then the outside will take care of itself. Well, getting in God's Word, getting in community, those things will help on the inside. You can change actions on the outside, and it won't do a thing on the inside. You might look like a picture of perfect health, but you go to the doctor and they draw some blood out and they start to look at your blood and they think, oh man, your cholesterol is high. This count is too much. You, you got this vitamin deficiency. But on the outside, you may look perfect. And that's what it's like spiritually. You, you can look right on the outside, but until you start deep down inside where the beliefs really matter and line those up with God, until you do that, you're going to have an integrity crisis. So integrity starts on the inside. Second takeaway about integrity is, if I've lost it, I can get it back. Jesus didn't just call them hypocrites and turn around. He didn't just say, you hypocrites, I'll see you later. He said, you hypocrites, this is what you do. You focus on the outside and don't think about the inside. Let me tell you, focus on the inside first. The outside will take care of itself and you won't be a hypocrite anymore. You won't have a lack of integrity anymore. So if I've lost it, the good news is I can get it back. So if we want to live with integrity, pay attention to our beliefs, pay attention to the condition of our hearts. And if you've messed up, you can fix it. So integrity doesn't have to be a forgotten virtue. Integrity doesn't have to be something that we just can't get a hold of. Integrity can be reclaimed just like it used to be. By one person at a, person at a time saying, I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. I'm going to live what I believe. I'm going to work on the inside first. And that's going to change my actions on the outside. So this week... When you are faced with a choice, when you're in a cave like David was, when you're on a rooftop like David was, when you're sitting at a sign that says, don't turn left like I was, make the choice to have integrity. Let's pray. Father, we live in a world where it's so easy to lie, to deceive, and to not be all that you've called us to be. God, may we make the choices this week to have integrity. And for those who have made mistakes, who feel a sting down inside when I talk about integrity and not having it, God, I pray that they are filled with the confidence that by focusing on the inside and getting more of you into their hearts, their integrity can be rebuilt. God, may this thing called integrity not be a forgotten virtue for now and for the next generation. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.